It's time for the Daily Stand-Up Podcast presented by Agile Dad with your host, Lee Henson. Without any further ado, let's get started. For as long as I've been doing Agile, I've seen many leaders and organizations really driving a stake in the ground towards date-driven design or date-driven flow or deadline-driven framework. And what I can tell you is this has resulted in more disappointment, heartache, heartbreak than anything I've seen recently. So in my quest to help teams do better, I was trying to find some things that we could do as alternatives to having a stick in the ground, set in stone date so that teams can feel a greater level of confidence, but organizations can still feel a sense of security. Now, what I can tell you is with a proper understanding of story points and forecasting, you can overcome this quite easy. The problem is obtaining that proper understanding requires you to have a really good agile coach or some good instruction uh, in order for you to really get your head around how story points and velocity work and how to engage using those to help your organization be more successful. So some of the ideas that I thought of, and they're in no particular order, is instead of trying to put just a solid date on something, start by delivering, start by doing forecasting using date ranges that reflect some uncertainty. What this does is it gives the team a little more confidence that when they're working, they're like, oh yeah, well, you know, and, and I don't want it to be too big of a range because I don't ever want to give the, uh, the effect of, oh, we got plenty of time and people put things off because the range is big. You still want the range to be tight, but you don't want it to be uh, driven by a specific, specific date unless it's absolutely positively necessary. So in this example, I would say saying which sprint it will appear in is probably a good idea for using sprints, right? It's going to be in sprint seven. It's going In sprint nine, we plan on getting that out to you. It's a much better approach, okay? I think that the next thing that crossed my mind was talking about impact. If instead of measuring time, we measure impact, then we can talk about how do we strategically maximize outcomes while we simplify output. And if you can simplify output, maximize outcomes, and change the way the team focuses, oh my goodness, that's going to have a lasting impact forever, right? Another one is we want to build goal-oriented roadmaps instead of feature and deadline-driven roadmaps. So if you put goals on a roadmap and say, our goal is to be at this point by you know, this quarter at this, you know, this, this range, it's going to help the team understand. And I, I think this came from an old video, uh, one of Heinrich's videos from Agile Product Ownership in a Nutshell. That video was published back a long time ago. And basically what Heinrich, it was 2012, I believe. And what Heinrich said in the video is that if you can get something now in a later or nothing now in a later, which would you choose? And he said, it's always better to reduce scope than to increase time because if you reduce scope you get something on a rest later but if you increase time you get everything but darn it if it's not worth it you can't turn a clock backwards so it's one of those things where we need to make sure that we are engaged in doing less solid dictatorial we must have this by this time type thing right okay what about uh, coaching teams to use evidence gained from recent delivery to redefine or refine the remaining backlog forecast? So basically, you learn as you go. So if, 
if we get to a certain point and we're in a backlog refinement meeting and a team wants to adjust their estimates, that, that shouldn't be an issue, right? We should allow the team to have experimentation and figure things out. I think that one's kind of important. We should also engage teams with the customers and stakeholders to learn what they need so that we get everybody together in a room without all the middle people, right? The middleman tends to, we don't want to play the telephone game. And I know many organizations freak out and say, oh, I don't want my developers talking directly with my customers. But they should. It's important to do that. Another way that we need to do is, another thing that's a must that we need to do is making sure we're helping a team by allowing them to have opportunities to learn more quickly, uh, that they need to understand better what the build is, how to measure, uh, and they can do things like loop frequency to, to get feedback and engage and course correct. And I think those things are important things that we often forget. Also, we can have the team create the um, create their own delivery forecast. Now, this is where it gets interesting. I'm not asking a team to say, here's all the work. When do you think we can have it by? Because they don't have the skill set to do that necessarily. But if you leverage story points correctly, this is that education thing I was talking about. You can get them to say whether things are bigger than a bread box or smaller than a uh, smaller than a small fry. And if you can if you can get the team into the avenue of doing that, then you can literally let them drive the delivery forecast based on your estimates, knowing that the estimate isn't in hours, minutes, and seconds. So they're not going to be held accountable for that, but they are going to be held accountable for helping us sort and make sure we got things sized correctly. And I think that's going to help a ton if you do it right. Okay. So involving the people who are asking for things, stakeholders and key stakeholders throughout the four, throughout the Scrum uh, framework, instead of just including them a demo and promising them a date. That's also another thing that you can do. It's very, very helpful. It's quick. It's easy. Invite them to the meeting. Let them come. And if they don't make it to every meeting, it's okay. But let them know it's critical for them to be there so that they can give us feedback and we can work together. Because if we're working together the whole time and they're seeing things the whole time, there'll be no surprises at the end, right? Okay. How about this one? Try something simple instead of creating a detailed plan of what you're going to do. I always say, if you don't know, we'll figure it out. Just try something simple and see what we can do. And I think that when you do that, it really gives the team some confidence and it helps them get their head around the work better because they know that they're not just having a state hung over them, right? Okay, commit to goals. This is another good one. So product goals and sprinkles are incredibly important, aka that's why the Scrum Guide said so. But keeping dates, keeping sprint dates aligned, of course that's important. But scope and plans should always remain negotiable, right? So during a sprint, when I say remain negotiable, I got to be careful here. I don't want people just willy-nilly adding things to a sprint. But when I say negotiable, if something comes up that's more important, there's no reason why something couldn't be removed from the sprint without adding anything. Let the team finish the work they've committed to and then taking on a new thing that just arrived or just came in. Uh, I think that there's there, there are opportunities here to really engage the team and help them understand and uh, really engage better. Here's another idea. Test your hypotheses with your customers before, during, and after delivery to let them know that you care about their ideas and that you want to make sure you nailed it. And I think that that's just really just good form. It's good form. It's good practice. We should always, always, always focus our attention on value 
value-driven design and impact-driven design are probably the two most incredible things I've ever learned. We need to define what value is and make sure we're measuring against that stick. And I think the most important thing, the very most important thing, is to make teams feel like they're working in an environment of psychological safety where they can express exactly what's going on with radical candor and they can experiment. You know, experimentation is so important. They need to be able to experiment, fail, talk about it, iterate, move on. And it's not to say that you try the same thing over and over again a hundred times and fail every time. What it's saying that failure is healthy if you learn from the failure, but you shouldn't just be failing for the sake of failing, right? So lots of good things here. I hope that list helped you. I just, my big thing is I just don't want people to be driven by dates as much as they are. So if you can do those things that I just now described instead, you're going to give something far more impressive to your leadership team than a date. You're going to give them an opportunity to know that you understand and have your head around the scope of the work and that you can forecast with some accuracy. That's going to do it for today. If you have a topic you want us to cover, learn more at AgileDad.com. We'd love to chat with you. As always, we encourage you to stay healthy, stay well, and stay agile, my friends. Until next time, do take care.